You are listening to Radio Free Signs of the Times, broadcasting into the heart of an occupied America. Welcome to another Signs of the Times podcast. This week, we'll be speaking with Lisa Giuliani from Wing TV. Wing TV has made a name for itself by posing some tough but obvious questions to some of the big names in the alternative media and the so-called 9-11 truth movement. Alex Jones and Jeff Rents in particular have refused to answer some of the pointed questions that Lisa and her co-host Victor Thorne have asked of them. As we have discussed in recent podcasts, the Internet is strangely silent about the media achievements of Jeff Rents prior to his emergence as radio host and namesake of a popular alternative news website. Lisa started digging and found an ex-employer who characterized Rents as a compulsive liar. An interesting qualification for the man behind such a popular alternative news site. We had a long discussion with Lisa earlier this week via phone from her home in Pennsylvania. Uh, the one thing that we want to cover, I think, is we want to talk about the 9-11 counterintelligence program and your particular experiences in, uh, in discovering this. So the first question is, you've been uh, making a lot of waves in the so-called 9-11 truth movement and these waves are uh, in reaction to your exposés on various high-profile and I and I use that term loosely because obviously uh, so-called alternative news websites are not really that high-profile they have an extremely limited readership demographically speaking, but uh, you have been exposing many of these so-called high-profile alternative news websites as basically, uh, to to put it bluntly, uh, government operatives, either intentional or not intentional, either manipulated or uh, directly created and set up by those in positions of power who wish to cover up the 9-11 events. So can you tell us a little bit about, first of all, when did you first get the idea that this is what was going on? Well, we began Wing TV uh, about two and a half years ago, and at the time, we, uh, we thought everybody was on the same page as far as wanting to find the truth about 9-11. We started writing about 9-11 two months after it happened in 2001, and uh, we noticed Shortly after we started writing about 9-11 and trying to rally the alternative media venues to work together to disseminate information to the public, uh, because we feel like there's a a blockade on truth with the mainstream media, and now, of course, everybody knows this, uh, we wanted to rally people to action and bypass the mainstream media blockade, the blackballing of truth to the public. And this set certain people up in arms. Um, two people that come to mind are Jeff Rents and Ray Elan from Rumor Mill News. Also, um, Alex Jones apparently had a problem with that. They seemed to dislike us right away as soon as we started trying to rally people to take some kind of action. And so that set our red flags off. And then um, we started noticing that anytime we would put something out, certain people wouldn't push this information forward or, or um, circulate it out to others. 
And so we thought that was very odd, too. We started coming out with books uh, based, you know, about 9-11, and we noticed that certain people, there was this deafening silence. And we thought this information was important to look at and important to let other people know about. And, uh, of course, the same names figured again, and so we started getting pretty suspicious that maybe not everybody was on the same page looking for the truth as and answers as we were. All right. Well, that seems to pretty much reflect our own experience because we, too, started out, well, not, not quite as early as you did. Of course, I did write some articles on the subject immediately, but then we, we pretty much accepted the mainstream media explanation, even if we were aware that it was, it was a cover-up and I that other too. parties were guilty. We... Yeah. I did, too, at, at the beginning. You know, when it first happened, I was in the Midwest, and, um, and I totally believed it. I didn't know anything about any of this other stuff. Right. So, so in, in the same way, we, we, uh, once we got a little more involved because we didn't see anybody else trying to get anybody together, we started trying to, as you say, rally, rally people together so that they could be on the same page because, after all, you know, we were all after truth, right? Well, that's what we thought initially, but uh, we were very, very wrong about that. And we started seeing a lot of uh, stories going around. And we would look into different things, and, and, and we were shaking our heads very puzzled. Why would these people be putting out this information if they're looking for the truth? And uh, we, we got a load of feedback to this idea to, to rally people to action. The everyday people were all for it. We had a file that was a couple inches thick of feedback via email because we sent this all over the internet and there were just a few that were against it and these were the actual media venues, the, the prominent ones at the time. And of course these things shift over time and you see one website, you know, rise and then another one sort of fades into the background a little bit and uh, Certain individuals gain prominence and exposure, and other ones sort of fade out, like the websites. And uh, we see the shifting going on a lot. Exactly the same thing that we've observed. We wanted to do something um, that was political and social commentary oriented, and we really wanted to focus on 9-11. And so we created Wings TV, and uh, it's, it's just a political website that focuses, we focus a lot on suppressed stories. And we noticed that... If we were going to do anything, we had to remain independent. We see a lot of scrambling with these these alternative media venues, which I'm sure you've noticed too. Where, oh yeah. Uh, radio show hosts come and go. It's like a revolving door. Somebody's on there for a while, then they get kicked off, and they're they're hawking a lot of products. And over time, we've seen that it, it becomes less informative and more hawking of products yeah. than anything else. Well, one thing in particular that that interests us, of course, is uh, is is the issue of of Jeff Rents because Rents uh-huh. uh, seems to be the, uh, or, or at least he thinks he is the leader of the alternative news media. Now we did some, um, we had some interesting observations in the last couple of podcasts. We've talked about uh, our personal experiences with uh, Rents and his website and his webmaster. And um, and the fact that when I had been invited on their show to talk about my article about Mossad and moving companies, that I probably am 
uh, one of the only people that Jeff Rance published defamation about even before, you know, even before our, our online radio interview. Um, he later, of course, uh, removed it and apologized and gave some, you know, whacked out excuse for it, but, but we noticed. And even subsequent to that, we tried to normalize relations to try to uh, you know, to try to work with Jeff, to work with other uh, other alternative uh, media websites. I wrote numerous emails to many of them, you know, with with a with a long list of recipients, saying, you know, hey, uh, let's pull together on this. You know, let's 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 have a discussion. Let's have a meeting. Let's brainstorm. Let's find the weak link. Let's all concentrate our energy on that weak link and uh, see if we can't get something to happen here. And do you know I did not get one single response? Not one. Well, y'all were not on that particular list because at that time I wasn't even aware of your existence. Yeah, we, we actually did get some emails back and forth with Jeff Rentz in the beginning. Uh, Victor had one or two articles of his run on the Rents website before we started trying to rally people to action. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and Jeff Rents is one of the people who had a problem with this whole idea and started painting us right away as Cointel Pro, uh, he and this Ray Land woman. And, and we couldn't understand the, uh, the resistance of the alternative media to wanting to do something you know, independent to bypass the mainstream uh, blackout on information dissemination. We couldn't understand their rationale. And at first we thought it was just, well, these people have a lot of ego or they don't want any competition. And we told them, you know, with this idea we have, everybody would retain their autonomy. Right. Nobody would have content dictated to them by anybody else. We're just wanting to work together so we can become a force. Exactly. To fight this. Lisa? And uh, the, the everyday people were all for it, and people like Rents and Jones were not. What concretely were we, were you proposing to people that they should do? Well, in retrospect, it probably wasn't the, uh, the wisest idea. We, we wanted to see if we could set up some kind of central server, and Victor was going to donate some land that he owned uh, at the time to put this thing on. And we didn't necessarily want to run it. We just wanted everybody to work together. To, to sort of bypass the, the whole blockade and uh, and get more information out to the public. And apparently some people were very... The paranoia was high then, and it's even higher now. Very suspicious of that idea. Um, the, the everyday people, as I said, weren't paranoid of it. We, we explained to them that we just wanted to stop stories, news reports, from being suppressed. Mm-hmm. And the only way that we could think to do it is if we... we rallied a bunch of people together and worked together toward that goal. That's that's similar to our idea because uh, in the email that I sent out to these uh, many different alternative news sources, I proposed uh, to host a meeting where we could all meet together and even uh, to try to arrange as much funding for this as possible so that we could all meet, we could all uh, each person would get a chance to get up and talk about, you know, their particular uh, viewpoint, their perspective, and to have some roundtable discussions to identify, you know, the main points of the problem, to discover, you know, as I said, you know, what what the weakest links in the official story were, so that all could begin concentrating their energy on not only researching but exposing this, and uh, more or less getting all of their different. Um, 
and sometimes even overlapping audiences uh, to work together to activate them to to ha- get them to help spread the information among people who are not internet savvy, who are not on the computer network, who do not ordinarily uh, read alternative news sources, and basically to create a network for spreading of accurate information about you know the the specific things that were identified as being the weak link, so that everybody could be on the same page. And and I mean that's really a fairly simple idea, and quite a number of our readers have even written to us, as, as you say, saying, you know, why doesn't everybody get together and do this? And, of course, since since the audience has the idea, we have the idea, you have the idea, you know, why aren't these other people, you know, thinking that this is a good idea? Why are they so resistant to this idea? Well, you know, Victor was just proposing an idea. It wasn't something that he had etched in stone, and he wanted a lot of feedback. We both did, and we proposed having some kind of conference where people could, you know, attend and, and put, you know, get their input into the whole thing and come up and brainstorm and come up with something even better. And uh, just the, the biggest names in, in this alternative media just wanted no part of that whatsoever. So that set off some more red flags. And right away we were painted as agents by uh, rent, which is absurd. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's pretty much the uh, the treatment we got. And of course, it started, like I said, with this Mossad and moving companies. But then, you know, as I described in the previous podcast, the the uh, the defamation program against us, you know, began a long, long time ago. So, uh, you know, we had some experience in observing it and experiencing it on other subjects. So it was fairly easy to just transfer it to uh, what was going on in this 9-11 movement. We could see the same kinds of activities, the same kinds of uh, things. And and like you, we thought at first it was just jealousies or people wanting, you know, to keep their turf and have their people that buy their products, you know, that they were advertising and so on. But it's clearly much, much more than that. Yes. uh, Well, we totally agree with that now. Uh, Over time, we've seen that it's... (laughs) It's not just a matter of ego. They want to shape the message, uh, shape the delivery. They want to mold public perception, and uh, they cherry-pick information. And the people do that, to present the information. And so we decided we can't fall into the traps that others have fallen into, and we've tried to remain as completely independent as possible so that we don't have to... uh, kowtow to advertisers or paid subscriptions, things like that, and so we, we pay for everything we do, and we, a lot of people have approached us in the past wanting to pay to advertise on our website, and if you notice, we don't have any of that. We don't either. Uh, we don't charge for our archives either, which, you know, it, it ends up being kind of an expense, but we feel like if we start dictate, you know, letting other people dictate our content, and, and they in, invariably do. I mean, we've had people who offer us a donation and then tell, try to tell us we need to remove a graphic off of our website because they don't like the picture. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And uh, we just, we don't want people strong-arming us. Well, we had that problem with PayPal. Putting only content on that they agree with. And we invariably don't say things that everybody agrees with because we don't feel like we're on there to tell people what they want to hear. No. No. So as time went by and you, uh, you, you noticed these problems, uh, what, 
what exactly did you do in terms of, of uh, trying to research who these people were? Were you were you doing something like what we were doing, which is you know noticing the connections and seeing you know who who supported who and and who was who was best buddies with who or even who was flaming who? Yeah, we uh, we looked to see who they were linking to and. Um, and who they weren't linking to, and, and we did start getting feedback, first in little, you know, spurts from different people. There were criticisms, obviously. Not everybody's happy with Renz and Jones and, and their ilk. And we started putting together just little files for ourselves, trying to figure this whole thing out, because really it was just perplexing at first that, <laughs> that these people are portraying themselves one way to, the, to their audiences, but their their words and their actions don't jive, and, and a lot of the information that they present on their website don't jive. And so we started doing exposés and, and questioning these people first, because we feel like uh, if we have a question, we should be able to directly ask the person and, and see how they answer, what they say. And um, when they won't answer, and then they won't hold themselves accountable for their own words, their own statements, well, that's suspect to me, very suspect. So, of course, Rents and, and Jones, they don't answer for their, their actions, and they're not the only ones, but we really, uh, we've come at them hard, we've hammered at them, because we, Victor and I have said, we don't want to live with any more illusions. We've lived with illusions our whole life, and we don't want any more illusions. Exactly. And, and if we're going to have any chance of fighting our common enemy, as it's called, then we need to start stripping away all these various illusions and, and getting down to the bare bones and trying to discern what's real and what's not. And it's not very easy to do all the time. No, and, and uh, we've also noticed that um, uh, not only do they not answer questions, but they they answer, in a sense, they come back at these questions that are asked about them with these loud declarative statements that anybody who asks questions or anybody who uh, who suggests that there may be uh, some kind of control system in place behind the the alternative uh, news media is is as you say you know a counterintelligence program which is uh, you know completely bizarre you know when you start to notice that they're doing exactly what counterintelligence does, and then you start to ask some questions, and they immediately point the, the finger and start uh, accusing you of the very thing that they're doing when, you know, none of the facts justify what they're saying. It, right. it's, it's, it's very, very suspicious. It's. Uh, it, it, I mean, I often find it funny that they... Um that, that the claim that you're talking about was uh, that that such and such a person is by by raising these questions or making these points is dividing the 9/11 truth movement. I thought that idea that the tr that the 9/11 truth movement or the alternative media was in any way kind of cohesive was was a, was, a, was a joke to begin with. You know, I mean it's it's already completely divided. Uh, and, oh, and well, exactly. And when someone comes up and and, and points this out and points to to. Uh, to someone in the background uh, fomenting these divisions, uh, then they're accused of, of, of dividing it, you know, by simply pointing out that it's being the deliberately truth. divided, you know? Well, we said it was never whole to begin with. Yeah, exactly. We compartmentalize different, different factions because people have different beliefs, and so somebody who believes 
no plane hits the Pentagon is in this camp, and then the, the, the plane people at the Pentagon, they are in another camp. And, and then the pod people. Along. This alternative media, right away, we didn't think it was operative. We thought it was, they're just mirroring the mainstream media in their tactics mm -hmm. and in their information suppression. I mean, they, they rail against the mainstream media, yet they mirror it. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, so we thought that at first. And then we started we started just looking into it deeper, and, and it's just been a skull-splitting experience all the yeah. way around. Uh, you can't divide or damage a truth movement by telling the truth. Exactly. You can't divide any movement that's grounded and based in truth. And what is truth? Truth is something that maps to reality. It's uh, Well, that doesn't contradict the facts. Exactly. I mean, is it, you know, when when you say that this is the truth, what you're saying basically is is that there are facts that support it, and uh, and a lot of these ideas are uh, that get promoted by these different groups are uh, some of them are so bizarre as to pass understanding, and that's why you know we wanted to have a a meeting where where we could with with, with some scientific clarity begin to establish what facts exactly do we have to work with and let's let's concentrate on on those things mm -hmm. and uh nobody nobody want they, they didn't want facts they didn't want truth obviously because not a single person responded right and uh and instead you know the the, the defamation you know be, you know continued and increased well i understand that uh, i mean as as you probably know we have a a couple of uh counterintelligence agents that are probably just uh, assigned to us you know, on a permanent basis, and they have created entire websites to defame us, which is, I guess, uh, in one way you could say that we must be really onto something if they go to that much trouble and effort. But I also understand that, that you had quite an interesting experience with a particular website where they uh, photoshopped uh, images of your face onto pornographic photos and pass them around the web. That, that, that's, that, that's pretty slimy. It's very slimy. Actually, these people are hooked up with Jack Blood. Yeah. And uh, they're also linking to Alex Jones. Um, and we did a, a parody, a satire on uh, Jeff Prince a while back. And we were calling him out, exposing him as a company man and a coward. And so we had a little fun playing around with that, and we didn't use any naked pictures or anything like that. We did a little video, and we put it on our website. Jeff Rentz didn't have any response, but right away, people uh, hooked with him started saying that we were calling him a, a, a gay or a transvestite or whatever. Mm. And we didn't uh, do anything of the sort. Next thing I know, I have some people... Well, it, it, the, the name of the, the radio network is Revere Radio Network. We've tried not to give them any exposure because they're so vile and repugnant. Um, I just hate to even say their name. Yeah, so, so listeners, don't be linking onto their website. Don't be going there. I mean, yeah. don't give them any support just because Lisa has revealed who they are. <laughs> well, they invited me to post articles in their forum, so I did. I posted a, an article I wrote about GCN being an ABC affiliate. And I was welcomed there initially, and they actually emailed us initially saying we were doing good work and they wanted to interview us and also be on our show. For two days, we had them on our radio A-list 
until I actually listened to some of their shows. And I was so repulsed. They were cursing. They were uh, talking about graphic sexual acts. They were telling people how to get around the police with drugs. Uh, they were degrading women, calling them very, very filthy names. And I said, this isn't what I want to be hooked up to. Oh, no. I don't want to be associated with men who are, they, they sound like misogynists. Um, Perverts. They're, they're just awful. It was awful, and I didn't equate them with anything patriotic, you know. Mm. So I, we took them off our radio A-list, and we canceled the interview. They got very angry at that, and they started attacking me about the GCN article. And they started uh, making sexual comments to me on their forum. And none of the other people at the network uh, told the the people who were doing it to stop or defended me in any way or, or anything like that. So I decided I wasn't going to have anything more to do with them. Well, this began a long, ongoing, that continues to this day, attack on me where I'm pretty much stalked around the Internet wherever I go uh, on the Internet. Uh, I've had, they take pictures off of our website. It's this person who calls himself Rockstog takes pictures and photos off of our website and then alters them, puts very graphic, nasty texts like uh, we have sex with dogs and things like that. Sends them around, puts uh, just pornographic stuff on the pictures and, and changes them. And then harasses us, sends us emails. They were calling our house in the middle of the night. They still call our house. Uh, one, one of them has been calling for the last two weeks still and emailing, and, and of course, what we decided to do was try to erase them from our universe. They did a, a couple broadcasts, actually three of them, on their radio network. They, uh, in that, they portrayed me as a whore and a prostitute. They identified me by name. They identified my website. Um, they said that I had sex with several men in front of one of them and that I was paid $500. They, the person doing it named is Sonny Crack. He's a friend or they're hooked up with Jack Blood. He uh, said he knows me. He knew me eight years ago, he said. And what they did was they played an audio clip from a, an actual porn movie, I guess. And it was a woman and a man in this pre-porn interview. And the woman didn't even sound like me whatsoever. But they still identified that person as me. And they made all, they called me a lot of names, filthy names, and defamed me. They totally uh, defamed me because they didn't agree with my article and they were angry that we didn't give them an interview on our show and, and vice versa. I think it was really like a setup now. Well, that of course whole it was. Inviting me onto their forum to post. I think that they were all along intending to try to get us back for doing the Jeff Rents article that we did and the little video. And they tried to call what they did to me. Uh, a spoof. But see, they didn't put that on their website initially. And anyway, I wouldn't have considered it a spoof because it was so vicious and sexually themed uh, that there was no way. And they presented it as real. That's the worst part. They didn't say on their broadcast it was a spoof or, or a satire or anything like that. They altered their website after I had to get the law involved because what they were doing was emailing me and trying to threaten me to get them on our show, saying that if I would have this guy Sonny Crack on our show, then he would stop trashing me or, 
you know, and brutalizing me. And he was using these words. I have uh, a lot of all the emails and posts that they, they made on their forum where they were just trashing me. They were, they were extremely vicious. And I said to Victor, how weird is this? They don't agree with my political article, with my article about GCN. They don't agree with my article, and so their response to this is to paint me as a prostitute. Well, yeah. and then to say, you know, be nice to us, let us, give us airtime, and bygones will be bygones, you know? Yeah, and, and, and instead of doing, trying to just talk it out or say, well, you know, we try to be even more alternative than the other alternative news venues or whatever, they were painting themselves as patriot shows. And this guy, uh, Sonny Craig, uh, he talks about mixing his alcoholic beverages while he's on his show. And then he, I don't know if it really happens, but he has had some women on there that were supposedly performing oral sex on him. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that they do on there. And I didn't want to be involved in that in any way. And, and see, what the whole thing is, they they defend themselves by saying it's free speech. Okay? Exactly. And I'm to explain to them. Free speech doesn't mean you can come out and just say anything you want, whether it's true or not. You have to have responsibility and self-governance exactly free speech you have to be accountable for the things that you say and of course they totally disagree with that i don't think they grasp it or they just they just uh, are playing head games and, and they definitely are playing head games but the question is for whom <laughs> the, these these people they, they they portray themselves as alternative media and are they anti i mean are they anti bush or, or are they involved in 9/11 in any way they do talk about 9-11. Uh, I'm not really sure what it is they actually believe. <laughs> because it's so hard to... To, 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 to get past to the porn. What they do believe, I know that they seem to be anti-everything. Yeah. Uh, Anti-society, anti-civility. Um, I mean, it seems more like it's just uh, shock radio, you know? Uh, and that's very, all, very you know? shock radio, and they, they, they sound like... Well, they call it ghetto radio. Well, yeah. And they sound like convicts uh, broadcasting from the federal pen. The thing about this is is that we know that there are a lot of people in this world, and particularly in America, but not, not exclusively, I, I mean, but at this moment, who are, who are unhappy with the status quo. They're unhappy with the government. They're unhappy with what's going on. And, and, and we suspect it's about 80% of the population that a very small percentage is really uh, backing Bush. But, of course, with their control of the media, they can make it seem like it's a lot more. But these people who are unhappy are very susceptible to being taken in by any uh, any group that supposedly gives them a voice for their unhappiness, you know, we're against this, we're against that, we're against so on and so on, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, rage against the machine kind of thing, and so, so these people get taken in by these groups, and these the, these groups are nothing but pathological, you know, vectors of direction. They are the kind of people that. Uh, that will get a, a group of followers and stir them up to do something violent or illegal so that they all get arrested and put in a concentration camp eventually. And well, people people don't realize that they're being maneuvered and manipulated by this kind of activity. And and I am really, really sorry, you know, that, that you have had to experience the horror of this kind of truly, truly pathological behavior. It's, it's so similar to what was done to us that 
looking at the pattern mm -hmm. uh, just describes exactly the kinds of things that counterintelligence programs are designed to do. They are designed to 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 make you feel horrible. To well, counterintelligence is kind of the word itself for counterintelligence program. Uh, kind of sounds quite uh, highbrow, if you know what I mean. You think you think of kind of you know very detailed, very technical, very kind of... Um, yeah. Yeah, spy versus spy. Yeah, but obviously, you know, from, from what Lisa uh, has experienced and what we've experienced, it's, uh, they're in the gutter, basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're, they're totally they, in the gutter. And, and, you know, if anybody out there hasn't ever had this occur in their life, I mean, and I had never had it happen to me before, so I was looking at this, and I'm listening to this man talk and use my name over and over. As though he knows you. <laughs> and he's broadcasting this stuff, and, and I, how do I defend myself against this kind of attack? And, and why would somebody cross a line like that simply because they disagree with an article I wrote? And that's yeah. the same thing we've experienced. And they mischaracterizing it as a, a spoof, but... I have emails from people who saw that they altered their website after the, I had to get the law involved. And the reason I did get the law involved, which now evolves the story because if you haven't seen it on the Internet yet, they decided to put out uh, a story saying I'm an FBI snitch. And even Mike Rupert ran with this story without checking the source, and I'm the source. <laughs> okay, instead he took information from the perps who did it and ran with it, which goes to show how good of a journalist Mike Rupert is. But several of, of these people started pushing this story that I'm an FBI snitch all over the Internet. And this is what the deal was. Because you were defending yourself. Right. I was supposed to just take it and allow them to drag my good name through the mud and paint me as a, a prostitute, accusing me of serious sexual misconduct and repeating that constantly and and... If I wouldn't have called the law in, they would probably have done more broadcasts because they certainly were threatening to, and they also have threatened to do physical harm to us at Ground Zero when we go again this year on 9-11. And so I've got that to, to look forward to also because last year uh, one of the people who now hooked up with them uh, tried to incite a riot while we were there, and one guy actually demolished our banner with a bicycle. And I think he was called in by the guy who was trying to incite the riot. But let me get back. I was digressing a little bit. So I had to call the police. I, I said, I don't know really what to do in this case. So I called the police. The, the police officer couldn't listen to the last 11 minutes of one of the broadcasts. It was so disgusting. And uh, he suggested that I uh, call this detective at the State College Police Department here in Pennsylvania. So I did. And this detective said he's seen this happen to a lot of women, and these people are in Florida, basically, the, the Revere people. And uh, he, he suggested that I contact the Cybercrime Division of the FBI. Now, I'm no friend of the FBI, but I, uh, I did contact the two agents that are here in State College. They're low-level agents. I really doubt they were involved in the 9-11 cover-up, being that they're low-level. And I just went in with a complaint. We, we put the MP3 audio clips of these shows that were done about me on a disc, and we gave it to the, the agents and to the detective. And they made a phone call to Pinellas Park in um, Florida and talked to the guy who runs the Revere Radio website. And his name's Rob Revere, 
and he recorded the FBI phone call, and then he broadcast it. Now, the FBI agent did give him, he said it was okay if he recorded it, but he never gave him permission to broadcast it. And basically, he told him that they were trying to extort from me, because extortion doesn't involve just money or, or products. It also right. involves patronage. Yeah. And basically, they were saying they were going to continue to do this to me unless I had them on our show. And I wasn't going to give in to that demand. And um, so that's what that was all about. I ha ended up having to call the FBI just to try to defend myself and get this stopped. Yeah, of we... Of course, I could sue them. We, we did But then the, that involves me getting, you know, a lawyer involving in litigation, and they're out of state, and it's just, a, you know, a pain in the neck. Um, it turns out they committed misdemeanors, not felonies, so the district attorney here didn't want to extradite them unless it was a felony. But even pranking somebody's house, calling and, and, and leaving profane messages, and of course they identified themselves stupidly, so it was easy for the law to track them down. Uh, you know, even pranking somebody's house is against the law where I live. Yes, we've uh, we, we've dealt with that before, and we also went to the FBI, to the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, to the Attorney General's Office of the State of North Carolina, of the State of Florida, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, basically the, the response that we got was if we didn't, because it, it, was, it was somewhat different, it wasn't quite as bad as what you're talking about here, although it was bad in its own way. If you don't like what they're doing, mm -hmm. because, of course, they were publishing things as a spoof also, uh, stop what you're doing that makes them angry. And we did, of course, get emails from, uh, from our main uh, counterintelligence agent assigned to us. Uh, saying, you know, if you don't do this, then I'm going to do that. And that's, you know, basically what you're saying. That's extortion. It's not just about money. It's about, uh, you know, any kind of threat to force somebody to do something uh, or you will do this and so. So, yes. uh... The last show that Sonny Crack did, uh, as far as I know, was on July 1st about me, in which he was pretty defiant of the law. See, they, they, they tried to get on Jack Blood's show. And, and tell their little story and air the, uh, the FBI call broadcast uh, that they, they taped. And I emailed Ted Anderson at GCN, and I sent him the audio clip of the show. And I said, your audience is a Christian patriot audience, whether you're a Christian patriot or not. Is this what the kind of material that you want associated with your network? Because they're defaming me. And if this goes on your radio network, I'm going to sue you. <laughs> Plain and simple. Because I had to try to put a stop to this. See, they were going to try and spread it to bigger shows and whatnot with bigger audiences. And, uh, and I mean, I don't know what you would do, but that's what I decided to do. Anyway, Absolutely. Ted Anderson emailed me back, and he said, you're right, this guy is obscene. I hope you can get him to stop saying these things about you. And I guess he put some pressure on Jack Blood. And uh, Jack Blood didn't didn't do that show. He eventually had them on later, at a, at a, a later time. But they didn't air that phone call or anything. And, and I guess they didn't talk about about us by name or anything like that. But you see, that's when I started realizing somebody really doesn't like the exposés that we're doing. And I think that ultimately Alex Jones and uh, Rents were behind getting these thugs. 
Yeah, because they don't come out and do it themselves. It happened in June, May and June and July, and, and it's still going on to this day. Uh -huh. Lisa, have you been able to establish any connection between these guys and Revere um, Radio and, um, and Rents or, or anyone else? The only, the only thing I can say is this. As far as rents, they do mention rents a lot. And considering when they first started, when they first contacted me, they had supposedly only been online for eight months. Mm -hmm. So they were presenting themselves as a fledgling grassroots radio network. And they were, they're young and they want to they wanna press for truth. And, and we were willing to work with them initially. But when they didn't like my article and they started attacking me, this way and, and repeatedly using Rents' name, I said to myself, why would this fledgling grassroots, you know, they just came on the scene, why would they be so wanting to defend Rents? He's been established, he's been on the internet for many years, like, why are they taking it upon themselves to try to defend Jeff Rents? And then I started noticing that... Uh, Jack Blood was posting a lot on their forum, and they they all began posting on his forum, and then they were all of a sudden defenders of Alex Jones, and, and even today, I looked on one of their MySpace pages, this Rockstar person, and the Revere Radio people have a MySpace page, and Alex Jones is linked as one of their friends hmm. on, on there. And why would Alex Jones have anything to do with these people? They've even come out and said things about Alex Jones' wife. Mm. You know, saying they want to have sex with his wife. Now, you would think that that would make any man, you know, not want to have anything to do with these people. Alex Jones has been utterly silent about them. Instead, he, he requests to be a friend on their page. Yeah. Don't you have to request that and get accepted? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, how does Alex Jones end up being on, on these this page of these these kind of people. I mean, there's connections there. Yeah. And they all, uh, it's like Alex Jones and Jeff Rents don't obviously have to utter a word. They get other people to do their Nixonian dirty tricks for them. And I think that's what's going on here. Hmm. That's exactly what's going on because some of, some of them, they want to they wanna preserve their purity to, to seem like they are monolithic and above it all and that they are, you know, clean. And then what they do is they... They they have their buddies uh, who are friends behind the scenes, you know, do their dirty work for. I mean, it's as old as the hills. I mean, this is this is this is mafioso type stuff. That's what it is. Well, what's interesting is last year we were at Ground Zero, okay, and we had our 15-foot uh, controlled demolition banner. We were talking to the public. The public was mostly very receptive. There was a guy there who supposedly was a former auxiliary fireman named Paul Isaac Jr. And a lot of firemen and police were all around us. Well, this guy came up to me, stood within inches of my face, and told me that he knows that it was a controlled demolition, and they all know. And he pointed to all the firemen and cops that were standing around. Subsequently, I gave him my book, 9-11 on Trial. Actually, it's Victor's book. We, we wrote about the controlled demolition. And I, we, I gave it to him. And I said, look at this. It's a, it's a, a former fireman that's, that's actually coming up and telling us this. And we believed him. Well, it wasn't 10 minutes later that this guy's trying to incite a riot. And he's name-dropping a lot. He's saying Finton Dunn's name. He's saying Finton Dunn has called me a CIA fake. And he's starting to attack the 9-11 activists that were standing there next to us as well. 
and he's tried to incite a riot. And nobody bought into it. Nobody, nobody fell for that because they, it was obvious what he was doing. But this guy has hooked up with the Revere people now. Mm. And so I've been getting emails from him for, well, ever since we got back from 9-11 because he backpedaled and said he never said that to us. And he actually went on Renz's show, and right, right before going on Renz's show, he emailed me and said he was going to trash me on Renz's show. Well, my name never even came up. He didn't. He was trying to scare me. He sent me emails calling me a slut and a whore and a prostitute, and, and he's picked up on the Revere story. See, nobody bothers to check to see if it's actually a true story. That doesn't matter. What does this they guy... have to do is muddy the water. They don't have to prove their point. <laughs> yeah. Was this guy actually a, 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 a fireman or a former fireman then? He was an auxiliary fireman. I called the Firemen's Association to check him out. Uh -huh. And they don't have him in, on their database. He was uh, not a paid fireman, a benefited fireman. He was a, a volunteer. Uh -huh. He also apparently volunteered with the police department. He was dismissed because he broke their rules. And it, he appears to be rather unstable. He called and left us a threatening message on our answering machine. And when I traced back the, the call, he had been calling from his girlfriend's cell phone, uh, mother's cell phone. His girlfriend's mom is elderly. And he went into this woman's bedroom and used her phone without her permission or knowledge. And I actually talked to the woman. And she told me this guy's unstable. He's, he's caused a lot of trouble in her family, and she hopes her daughter will get away from him. Hmm. And she had no idea that he had been making calls from her cell phone to me here in Pennsylvania. He's in New York. So he's making long-distance phone calls from somebody else's cell phone to threaten people. Because, because he doesn't want people to think he said what he said to me. And he, he, there were witnesses to what he said to me, because I had people standing all around me. Yeah. He sounds like a... He's a winner, yeah. Like, he sounds like a plant as well, you know? He, just sounds he does, like, very much so. Um, you know, there's probably an awful lot of people like that that, mm -hmm. that are in the employ of, of, of whatever counterintelligence or uh, government agency, you know? And... Th th they're in the employee. They're not. They're not on the books. They're not members, but they're. They're being. Uh, they're simply being contacted and and given some money or something, and 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 given a little job to do, you know. And they're probably picked because they are unstable, you know, and because they can be manipulated and they can be, you know, they they know that they can they can they'll do whatever they'll do the the, the craziest uh, thing, you know. That's right. Um. There's probably a lot of people like that, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. He he had a little radio on his shoulder. Now, he was dressed up like a fireman. He had on clothing that other firemen had on. He had a little radio on his shoulder, yet he wasn't a fireman at the time. Hmm. And um, so he, was he wasn't even a volunteer fireman at the time. Hmm. And he, he spoke into his little radio, a ground zero, and next thing we know, this, this guy on a bicycle drives straight through our banner twice and, and ripped it up pretty well. And none of the police there would do anything about it. That's why I think he called the guy on to do that on his radio. And the police were standing all around, and I said, aren't you going to do anything? This guy just dem demolished our property. He destroyed our property. And they did nothing. They said nothing. They didn't do anything to help us. And so ever since that day, Paul Isaac Jr. has been threatening harm to us. This year, when we go to Ground Zero, that we're going to be, I guess, assaulted. Or, and we're still going to go because we're not going to let him scare us into not going. Mm -hmm. But uh, he was trying to get us to leave. 
he was trying to get us to not say the things we were saying to the public. We handed out an entire case of DVDs and information sheets, and people were listening to what we had to say. And uh, this guy was just trying to make us look like we were disrespecting the dead, which I totally disagree with because I think the truth needs to be at ground zero more than any other place. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that claim about disrespecting the dead is just, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a joke, you know. Part two of our conversation with Lisa Giuliani from Wing TV will continue in the next podcast. And for more information, come to our website, www.signs-of-the-times.org. Thank you.